we are living in exceptional times. Times that we're living in. Praise God. Hallelujah. Every day. But I was challenged this week, and I, I don't know, some, some of you are uh, on the internet very much, but there were two ladies that, that stood out to me. They just couldn't take it anymore, all of this stuff. It's just getting to them. And one's name was Bevelyn Beatty. Anybody heard about Bevelyn Beatty? She started a new movement. She's a black lady. And she started a new movement called Jesus Matters. All right. All right. So she went to Trump Towers. She had gallons and gallons of black paint. You know, in front of Trump Towers, they had put Black Lives Matter. So she got out there, and she poured all that black paint all over their yellow Black Lives Matter. She's rubbing it in the ground, rubbing it, rubbing it, and talking and preaching at the same time. You might look her up while she was doing it. She was preaching, Jesus matters, Jesus matters. And she, she was telling them, so you allow black people to get killed and uh, this one. She just got onto all of them, all the abortion and everything. She just got onto it. But just her zeal, yeah. her zeal <laughs> was contagious. She couldn't stand it anymore. Now, the, the police didn't arrest those people that wrote that in front of Trump Towers, Black Lives Matter. But they grabbed her, put her in cuffs, dragged her. But she was out that evening. And uh, she's doing some more of it. She got some more paint. Wow. <laughs> Bevelyn Beatty. She's been interviewed on a lot of shows now. But she's arising. She said, these people do not speak for me. The violence, the hatred, the cursing. She said, I'm not part of that. And... Uh, you know, she's not, you know, what, what we would say, you know, of our particular faith, but she loves Jesus. Come on, amen. And then there was a second one. I watched the whole thing, but they censored it. After I, it, I, I saw it, then they cut it off. Right. It was 22 doctors, but they have more than 2,000 of them that were talking about this coronavirus and all of the evil stuff that's going on in that mess. Amen. And uh, I don't, do you have that, that video ready or? Well, let's we'll just watch a little bit of, of uh, Dr. Uh, she's from Nigeria, but she's a, a doctor here in America. Dr. Stella Emanuel. Okay. Yeah, go ahead and. Thank you so much. Uh, I guess I happen to be the pastor in the house. I'm not, I'm not only a physician, I'm actually a pastor. And um, I think uh, my faith and uh, my position as a pastor has um, actually drives the way I react towards everything. You know, I just, like I tell people, I said, what would I say to God if I knew something worked and I did not do anything about it? On top of that, a few things. Um, this disease, this pandemic, it's bigger than even Gilead. It's bigger than Democrats and Republicans. It is a diabolic spiritual battle. And sometimes we have to fight spiritual battles spiritually. It is run and led by people that really don't have the good of humanity in mind. And uh, they say a house divided cannot stand. 
And part of the reason that this is so successful is because we as humanity were house divided. We're divided in groups and you know stuff like that. And one of the best ways that we're gonna to have to be able to fight this battle is to realize that it's not just a, a physical battle, it's also spiritual. And why do I say that? The fear that has been released is bigger than the disease. There's also um, what I will call a, a veil of darkness over the minds of people. That you can tell somebody something and they listen to you, but somehow it just doesn't sink. Okay, you know what? Let's, the hydraulic cream works, you know, take it, and then the person walks away from there, does not go on prophylaxis, does not take the medication, and still tells you about masks. They here heard you, they agreed. But something is, there's a veil over their minds. There's, sometimes I feel like there's a bewitchment over the minds of people. And I pray that that bewitchment will be broken over America. Because, you know, several years ago, I wrote a book called 10 Point Plans to Disciple America Back to God. It's a free book. I'll put it on my Twitter. You can, you can download it for free. And so we're going to have to address this spiritually. In other words, we need to, in several ways. Number one, we need to speak good about this country. A lot of us as Americans, we've cursed the nation. You know, we speak bad about the nation. We need to start speaking good that we're going to be okay. We're going to do well. America is going to leave. We're not going to die. We're gonna, we're gonna progress, you know something? We need to just use your mouth. The power of life and death is in your tongue. Use your mouth to bless the nation, to bless your family, to bless your city. I used to come out of, if you go on my Facebook, we'll come out of the city and walk the streets and we pray. Walk the streets and pray. You know something, pray. Most of us here are either Christian or Jewish. We believe in the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. You know what Walk the streets and just speak over America. Speak that we'll be okay. Pray that people's minds will be open. Pray that good will good would win over evil. Do you understand what I'm saying? Every one of us has a destiny to speak good over this nation and turn things around. You will not know how powerful that is. And there's no need to fear. And come out of here with the nation that I can get this, this disease as a cure. Let it like really sink in your head that it has a cure and it has a prevention. Every single person here should be on prevention. If you are not, call us. We'll figure it. We will find a doctor in your state to put you on prevention. We have a website that we're working on right now. It's called uh, FrontlineMDs.com. FrontlineMDs.com. We'll have doctors from all over the country. I'm, I'm part of a physician moms on the right side. Over 2,000 plus doctors that basically are, you know, are on the right side. So we're going to find somebody to take care of you. So I just want to thank all of you and say, you know what? We're going to be okay. Do you guys believe that we're going to be okay? We're gonna be okay. You gotta believe that and speak that over your life, over your family. A lot of us decrease, decrease Psalm 91. Anybody can declare it. Then you're gonna be okay. And that is gonna help you to stand. And if I can pray, is that okay? Yeah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, oh God, for every single one of us that is here, that have come out of the front lines for every one of us that have stopped and spoken, stood before the podium, oh God, speaking words, Father, that some people will receive and some people will fight against. Father, I pray for protection, that your hand will protect everybody, that the angels of the living God will encamp round about every single one of us to protect us, our homes, our families, and everything concerning us. I pray, oh God, that our voice will go through the airwaves and begin to break every veil of darkness over the minds of Americans. That that veil will so shatter even on the minds of our government and the devil will know that he has lost this battle and Americans will believe again. I pray, oh God, that you will raise people 
that will stand with us. You raise doctors, you raise lawmakers, and people will stop being complicit, oh God. I pray, Father, that people's hearts will be moved in ways that have not been moved before. And as a nation, we will fight and take our, our country back. That as everyone is going home, oh God, take them safely. Take them safely, oh God. That there will be no accidents, there will be no problems on the way. That every one of us will be protected. Lord, we thank you for this meeting. And thank you that the reason why we came here, we have not even seen the ramification yet. But for this reason that we gathered here, oh God, this nation will win again. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. It's very simple, and it should be in the hands of the American people. The difficult is that at the moment, because of politics, it's being blocked from doctors prescribing it, and it's being blocked from pharmacists releasing it. They've been empowered to overrule. Why is this not over the counter, as you can get it in much of the world, in almost all of Latin America, in Iran, in Indonesia, in Sub-Saharan Africa? You can just go and buy it yourself. And the dose, my friends, is 200 milligrams twice in a week and zinc daily. That's the dose. I'm in favor of it being over the counter. Give it to the people. Give it to the people. Hi, everyone. I'm, uh, I'm Dr. James Sarah. I just want to add a couple comments to what Dr. Gold was saying. If it, if it seems like there is an orchestrated attack that's going on against hydroxychloroquine, it's because there is. When have you ever heard of a medication generating this degree of controversy? A 65-year-old medication that has been in the World Health Organization's safe, essential list of medications for years. Okay, it's over-the-counter in many countries. And what we're seeing is a lot of misinformation. So I, I co-authored the first document on hydroxychloroquine uh, as a potential treatment for coronavirus. This is back in March, and that kind of kicked off a whole series of, of a storm on it. And since then, there's been a tremendous amount of censorship on doctors like us and what we're saying. And, and a number of us have already been censored. That Google document that I co-authored was actually pulled down by Google. And this is after now many studies have shown that it is effective and it is safe. You still can't read that article. And there's also this misinformation out there. Unfortunately, this has reached the, the highest orders of medicine. Um, in May, there was a, an article published in The Lancet. So this is one of the world's most prestigious medical journals in the world, okay? The World Health Organization stopped all their clinical trials on hydroxychloroquine because of this study. And it was independent researchers like us who care about patients, who care about the truth, that dug into this study and determined that it was actually fabricated data. The data was not real. And it was so, we did this so convincingly that this study was retracted by The Lancet less than two weeks after it was published. This is almost unheard of, especially for a study of this magnitude. So it's, you know, I apologize to, to everyone for the fact that there is so much misinformation out there. It's so hard to find the truth. And unfortunately, it's going to take looking in other places for, for the truth. It's gonna be, that's why we formed uh, frontline doctors here, to try to help get the, the real information out there. I took hydrochloroquine for 20 years, never had a problem. Andrew took it since he was a baby, never had a problem. It's been with the World Health Organization for years and years and years. They have been giving it to other countries. And then all of a sudden now it's, it's banned. And now everybody wants to get the vaccine. Tens of billions of dollars are going into these different pharmaceutical companies billions, not millions, billions of dollars 
to get these vaccines when there is a therapeutic help. And uh, of course, money is the love of money is what? Oh my. First Samuel 17, 29. I think you all know this verse. David was speaking to his brothers. He got stirred up looking at Goliath every day, coming out and defying the armies of Israel and give me somebody to fight with me, you know. And so 1 Samuel 17, 29, David said, what? Is there not a cause? Now, these two ladies I told you about, Bevelyn Beattie and Dr. Um, Stella Emanuel, they uh, have kind of stirred something in me to prayer, to go to prayer, to begin to seek the Lord, because we can't sit back on this issue. Our freedom are being taken. I'm not getting into political things, but you see the things that are going on, and like she said, this is a spiritual battle. This is a spiritual battle, and you can see it. Uh, I was so grieved, I stayed up on weekend, Saturday night, and I was watching the riots in Seattle and watching the riots in Portland, two, three in the morning, looking at faces, looking at their faces. It was just heartrending, heartbreaking to see those young people doing those things that they were doing. And the things that they were yelling, those obscenities, it's just like an evil spirit it just got a hold of them. And so this is a spiritual battle, first of all, and that's our place. We got to take our place and stand, arise and stand. I love that word in the Bible. There's over a hundred and something times. Arise, stand up, rise up, set yourself, set the battle in array. You remember those ver- uh, verses, set the battle in array? That requires that you face your enemy. You're not turning your back to your enemy, but you're facing your enemy. And even when Jehoshaphat had those armies, remember the story of Jehoshaphat and the three armies that came, Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir? Those armies were just overwhelming. It was great, great. (laughs) They were way outnumbered. You couldn't even, uh, even attempt to think you could fight them and win. So they sought the Lord, and of course, God said, You have to stand up, and you'll have to move forward, but the battle is the Lord's. But there's still something for you to do. you got to stand up, and then you got to go on the move. Start moving forward. And they went forward singing the mercies of the Lord. Praise the Lord. His mercies endure forever. Singing and singing and singing. You don't usually have that kind of a front line, do you? But they went there, and by the time they got there, what did they find? <laughs> they had killed each other. They had killed each other. Ammon and Moab didn't trust Mount Seir, so they killed all them out, and then Ammon and Moab started fighting among each other by the time they got there, singing their song. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures for when he got there. It was all a bunch of dead bodies everywhere. Three days they were in collecting the spoils. But on the fourth day, let's see. Get that scripture. Well, I'll come to it. All right, let's go to Nehemiah. Nehemiah 2.12. 
Nehemiah arose in the night. What does that say to you? He arose in the night. Night is a time of fear, sleeping, going out in the night. It's, it's unsafe. But he arose in the night with a few men. Didn't tell anybody what, was, what God had put in his heart. He just went see what God was going to show him in the night. That spoke to me. Sometimes we need to arise in the night and listen to what God is saying to us because he is speaking to us. I don't think we're going to do like Bevel and Beattie and get out there with cans of paint and, you know, <laughs> do all that, but I commend her. She just couldn't stand it anymore. And the death threats that Dr. Emmanuel is getting, she said, I don't want any bodyguard. I don't want any bodyguards. It's just me and the Lord. I'm going to continue to walk and pray around this country. I'm just going to keep walking and praying. It's amazing. Now, if they can do that, you know, where are we? You know, that's what, what it is when people prod you. And when they, you know, they inspire you, motivate you. If they can do that, can't I do a little bit? And pray and seek the Lord. He arose in the night. All right, let's go to verse 17 and 18. Nehemiah again, then I said unto them, you see the distress that we are in. This is after he had seen the walls broken down. He saw the whole mess all of the destruction that had happened. And he said, you see the distress, how the Jerusalem lies waste, the gates are burned with fire. Come, let us build up the wall of Jerusalem that we be no more a reproach. Now these are people that came from Babylon. It was just a small group. Most of them stayed in Babylon, made businesses, became big wealthy people there. But the poor and some of the people that just had a mind, I want to go home. I want to go back to Israel. That few group, a little remnant came and went back. But for years, nobody got it in their mind to build or to, you know, fix the place. It was all just in shambles and all in rocks and there, just a mess. He said, we're a reproach to everybody. So he presented it to them. The next verse Then I told him of the hand of God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken to me. And they said, they said, what? That's what happens when you get somebody who's inspired, really inspired. They just, it's contagious. Nehemiah had seen the destruction. He had seen it. He was stirred up and they could see it in his eyes. They could see it in his determination. He told him about the king and everything that God had arranged for him and how he got there. And he explained everything. And then they said, the people themselves said, let us arise up and build. And to do that, they strengthened their hands for the good work. They prepared themselves to do what they had determined to do. Isn't that wonderful? Chapter 9, verse 1 through 5. 
Now, in the 24th day of this month, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting and sackcloth and earth upon them. And the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers, and they stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. And they stood up in their place and read in the book of the law, the Lord their God, one fourth part of the day and another fourth part they confessed and worshiped the Lord their God. Then stood up upon the stairs of the Levites, Jeshua, Danai, Kadmiel, Shebani, Bunai, Sherebiah, Bani, and Chenani, and cried with a loud voice unto the Lord their God, then the Levites, Jeshua, Cadmiel, all the rest of them, stand up and bless the Lord. After they had done the repenting, they had done the fasting, they had done the confessing, they had gone through all of that. He said to them, uh, the priest said to them, uh, can you go back? Stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever, and blessed be thy glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing, and praise. I think it's time for us to stand up. Time for us to stand up and bless the Lord and let the people know it. You know, if they say we can't go to church, I, in California, we have a pastor there and he's right in the heart of Los Angeles, right? We next door to Compton. Uh, any of you ever heard of that area? It's a very rough, tough area. Drugs and everything are just rampant. I lived there for several years, so I pretty much know the neighborhood, and I had to block up all the windows because they've been breaking the windows, the church, breaking in. So he's had to block up, do all sorts of things, and Andrew told me he had to go buy some guns. So I don't know. This is a different day. It's a different time. And... Uh, I pray for him because it's very difficult. He's alone and he's in a difficult place. All right, let's go to Judges real quick. Check that time. Judges chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. Impoverished. The enemy wants to impoverish us. They're in the process of destroying our economy. One year ago, would you have ever thought we would be where we are now? And just with something called fear and a virus to destroy the entire economy, not only of our country, but of the world in just a very short time. Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. That Midianites is to do a strife. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Maybe we need to do that. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried to the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a what? Prophet. First thing he sent to them was a man of God to speak the word of God to them. That's the first thing sent a prophet to the children of Israel, which said to them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. <clears throat> Is that as far as I going on that one? 
And there came an angel. The second thing God sent was an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah, not Oprah, but Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abizarite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. A reluctant man. Why does God choose reluctant people? He has done this time and again in the word of God. He chooses reluctant people. He was busy just hiding his grain, what little grain he could find, and hiding it, you know, behind the wine press. And looking out to see if the Midianites were coming. And I mean, it was just a, a terrible existence. And he hadn't got tired of it yet. He was, he was willing to live like that. He was actually willing to continue living like that until God sent a prophet to the people and then sent an angel to him. Okay? Then we're going to chapter 7. And it came to pass the same night the Lord said to him, Arise. Uh, he'd gone through all of the testing of the, the people, the water test, you know, and they had to go through. Those of you who are fearful, you go back home. We don't need you with us. And most of them left. Then they did the water test, and only those that lapped the water got to go. And there was only 300 of them out of thousands and thousands. So that was what he had. And it came to pass the same night, the Lord said to him, Arise, get thee down to the host, for I have delivered it into thy hand. Go down to the enemy? I'm just one man? What? It's getting crazy. See, God had already prepared him, because the first thing the Lord told him was, you go and knock down your dad's altar of Baal. Take it out. He was scared. He was actually scared to do that. Very reluctant, so he did it at night. Yeah, he snuck out and he did it at night. And the people woke up in the morning and, and they saw that it was, it was knocked down. And they said, who did this? Finally, uh, Gideon's dad stood up for him. He said, well, if, if Baal is a god, then let him speak for himself. Let him defend himself. So they named him Jeroboam. Changed his name. Maybe we need a change of name. <laughs> so here they are. God tells them, go down to the enemy. Sneak down there and just sneak and listen. If thou fear to go down, go thou with Fura, thy servant, down to the host. Okay? And thou shalt hear what they say, and afterward shall thy hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. Then went he down with Fura, his servant. See, he, he, he couldn't go alone like God told him to go alone. He had to take somebody. God said, okay, you can take somebody with you. you know, he, was, he was afraid to go, but God even made room for that. That fear. Then went down with Fuhrer his servant to the outside of the armed men that were in the host. And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation that he did what? He worshipped. He went down there and they started talking about the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Somebody in the camp had a dream, the enemy had a dream about Gideon. Gideon the least in his father's house. God gives him 
uh, uh, one of the men in the, in the camp, one of the Midianite camp, a dream about Gideon. That's amazing. And then he hears it, and his heart is trusting and believing in God. He worshiped and he returned to the host of Israel. And then he was able to say what to the armies? First you have to arise. First I have to arise before we can tell anybody else to arise. Then he told them, arise, for the Lord has delivered into your hand the host of Midian. He believed it now. He was persuaded. He was convinced. He was convicted of it. He knew that this was it. He was fully persuaded in his mind, God's given me the victory. It's mine. Praise the Lord. And the angel of the Lord spoke unto Philip. Okay, we're going to a different one now. The angel of the Lord spoke unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And you know the background of the story. He was in a revival. Big revival there in Samaria. Huge. And then the Lord says, Arise and go. Go down to the desert. But the revival is hot. A lot, of, a lot of things going on right now. People are getting the Holy Ghost. I mean, it's really powerful. He did not even think about that. Once the angel of the Lord spoke to him, what did he do? He arose and went. He did not question anything. He just arose and went. God said, arise, go down. And then next verse says, he arose and went. Isn't that encouraging? All right, let's go to the next one. Let me keep my eye on that clock. Now, while Philip waited for them at Athens, he was waiting for some of the disciples, his spirit was what? <clears throat> stirred. What stirred him? He saw the spiritual, how destitute they were spiritually. Their idols, they had idols everywhere. Even one to the unknown God <laughs> to the unknown God and Paul said now I got my title of my message here to the unknown God <laughs> let me introduce you to him and let me acquaint you now with him so they came everyone whose heart stirred them we're going to Exodus now I love that word stirred and arise and stand up and they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up. Does your heart ever stir you up? It should. We should get stirred. We should get stirred about things. Not just carnal things. When somebody does something to us or mistreats us or cheats us or something. That's nothing. It's nothing. But Paul was stirred because the city was given to idolatry. Here's another stirring. And these are the people, <clears throat> Israelites. They came, everyone whose heart stirred him up. Who stirred him? They stirred up themselves. They saw the need. They looked around. They saw what God had done, bringing them out of Egypt and all of those marvelous miracles that God did. And they, their hearts stirred within them and everyone whom his spirit made willing and they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation and for all his service for all the holy garments just wonderful their hearts were stirred their hearts were stirred amen 
Okay. We're jumping around here. <laughs> if we go to Isaiah 52. Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust. Hey, that's something we need to do, isn't it? Shake ourselves from the dust. Arise, then sit down. O Jerusalem, loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, your bondages. O captive daughter of Zion, for thus saith the Lord, you have sold yourself for nothing, and you shall be redeemed without money. For thus saith the Lord God, my people went down aforetime into Egypt to sojourn there, and the Assyrian oppressed them without cause. Now, therefore, what have I here, saith the Lord, that my people is taken away for nothing? They that rule over them make them to howl, saith the Lord. Sometimes I feel like howling. Especially after I... I don't like to look at the news, but sometimes it just catches my eye. And I feel like howling <laughs> in great pain and sorrow. Yeah, they did. Saith the Lord in my name, continual every day is blaspheme. Do you know that is true? Yes. If you watched any of those riots and the peaceful protesters... I watched a video of the peaceful protesters, and then there were about a hundred of them that had umbrellas, and they put these umbrellas up so nobody could see them, and they changed their clothes into their ninja outfits, their black ninja outfits, and their weapons. And the peaceful protesters were hiding them. Ugh. Shall I howl now or later? <laughs> therefore my people shall know my name. Therefore they shall know in that day that I am he that does speak. Behold, it is I. The Lord wants the people to know that he's still alive. And we're the ones to tell him. We're the ones to show him. To show it to this world. Micah 7 and 8. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy, when I fall. What happens? <clears throat> I'm going to get up again. When I sit in darkness, and that happens sometimes, you get depressed, think about things, you have grief and loss, a lot of things happen in life. You sit in darkness, but then the Lord becomes a light to us, even in those moments, in that dark hour of the night. <clears throat> And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. Who stirred them? God stirred them. In the other chapter, or the other verse that we read, they stirred themselves. Man, I don't think we're going to read all of that. But I want you to... See how the Lord is, there's a stirring going on. I believe God is stirring us. We're coming to a place where we have to push back. Yes. And not violently, weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But yet they are mighty. Yes. 
through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God can do that through us as we arm ourselves. Put on the armor of God. Amen. From the top to the bottom, to the feet, everything. We get ourselves prepared to fight this fight. And as Dr. Emmanuel said, it's a spiritual battle that's going on. The spirit of fear, it's being manipulative. People are using it. One pastor, his daughter-in-law, she refuses <laughs> to come to church. She was one of the worship leaders. We can't break the law. She, she was torn between the world law and what God says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And whether it's in here or outside or on the phone or by means of a video, we're together. I love that, that what is that, Zoom or what is it? She got that thing going. Oh, I was so happy to see everybody. When we first had that, and I was just, I was just, I was just so miserable. Until she turned that on, and I started seeing, hey, hi. <laughs> it was wonderful. We are a people of, of, of fellowship. <clears throat> but I encourage you, let's arise in the way that God wants us to. Let us stir ourselves. Let's look at the situation as God wants us. Lord, you show it to me how you want me to see it. Let me see it through your eyes. Because we see it through our own eyes. Uh, We want to do something else more physical. But God wants us to see it through his eyes and take the battle, press it battle to the gate in the spirit of God. And I believe that God can do great things. He can do great things. He can give us more time. We need more time. There's too many lost family members, loved ones. We're working on them. God, save them, whatever it takes. Deliver them from their strong enemy, their drugs, their alcohol, every day. Somebody wrote a song, Wait a Little Longer, Please, Jesus. You know, sometimes I want to say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But then I realize how many's lost. So, Lord, give us more time. Give us more time to win the lost. We're not escapee. People want to escape everything because we're going to go through it, and we're going to go through it victoriously. We have a history of this throughout the years, from the very first century of the church. You can look at the history of the church. People have gone through persecutions. They've gone through horrible, horrible things. But they stood fast and firm. And like Polycarp, he's never done anything wrong to me as they had the, all the fire around him. Wanting him to recant. He said he was one of the disciples of John, the beloved. And he was way up there in age now. I think they said it in his 90s. And they put that, all that straw or whatever they used around him, the wood. He wouldn't recant. He said, the Lord's been good to me all my life. I'm just paraphrasing. How can I turn on him now? Light the fire. God will give us grace in the days to come. We shall not fear. 
There's too much fear out there, just like she said. A spirit of fear has torment. So may the Lord give us grace and give us joy so that others can see it and we can help them to get rid of that fear because perfect love will cast it out. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Thank you, Sister Reyes. Why don't we stand and we will be dismissed. It is a concerning time, but it's an exciting time. I mean, you got to admit, when you wake up in the morning, you're wondering, wow, what's going to happen today? Right? It's exciting. All right. Let's lift our hearts to the Lord one more time. We'll pray and be dismissed. Lord, we thank you so very much, God, for giving us, Lord, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Lord. Gives us peace, gives us joy, gives us comfort, Lord, and strength, God. And the assurance that you are always with us. You are working on the inside. You're working on the outside, Lord. And God, we pray, help us to be the shining lights even in the midst of this turmoil, God. Lord, touch those, God, that are hungry, Lord. Somehow, let us intersect, let us connect, God, so that we might win, Lord. Amen. So we, we might win a soul to you. We'll give you praise always in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Good telephone. I'm cutting